Welcome to Modern Day Abigails, a women's outreach of Calvary Chapel Pearland. 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So let's listen to God's Word, where everyday lives transform, and where we can become the women God created us to be. Welcome back to Modern Day Abigails with um, Joanna. My name is Joanna. And I'm Anna. Thank you. And uh, we, we realized that the last episodes, we really never ever, of the first, what, 50-something episodes, we never really said our <laughs> names. <laughs> we thought, hey, it was... Well, better late than never. Yeah, Here right. we are. Exactly. <laughs> Introduce ourselves. I was telling Ray today, we were driving around, and I'm like, I like the way we do it, because we want ladies to feel like they're in our inner circle, they're with us in the room, and we're all just having a girl talk. You know, we're just chit-chatting, having a good good time talking. With our bubbly and our coffee and our chocolate or our whatever we're or eating. Whatever, or we're or, not eating anything today, but... No, I got warm uh, lemon yeah. water. Okay, you know, I got Vitamin coffee. C. Yeah. Hmm. So, I don't, Ray and I went to a coffee shop this morning, and I drank my coffee, and then I took his. Oh, this is my first cup. So he wasn't he, drinking it. I, I'm going to go let the waste. I'm loving my first cup today. <laughs> but we are back with Songs of Solomon. We last podcast was chapter one, and not sure how many episodes Ray did put together, but we are going to work now on chapter two, and it's going to be a long, fun one, with lots of scriptures to go through. And so, first, we're definitely going to go to pray before we start. Joanna, you want to do it? Sure, I'll do it. Hold on, let me clear my throat. <clears throat> no, you're not allowed. <laughs> Too late. Oh, dear Heavenly Father, we just love you, Lord. We just thank you for this time, Lord. We just ask that you bless it. We just ask that you speak through Anna and that you also prepare the listeners, Lord, that you just prepare their heart to learn about a relationship with you, Lord, because everything else falls into place if our relationship with you is right and good. And um, and we just praise you that we even get to have a relationship with you, Lord. So just be with us, Father, as we go through um, SOS 2 and just continue to learn about how to have a deeper one with our Savior. And we give you all glory and we give you all praise, Lord, for what we're about to learn in Jesus' name. Amen. I was thinking SOS means save our ship, but for our case, it could be, you know, save our soul. Yes. Save our, what did you say the first time? It means actually save our ship. Save our ship. That's where it got started. SOS, SOS. But for us, we've been calling Songs of Solomon SOS because it's a lot easier to type out. Yes, it is. But um, I was thinking, well, it works to save our soul because that's just the whole point that the Lord's trying to make in this book. It is, we talked about this in the first chapter and just in case you kind of missed that part, we are going to kind of recap chapter one and um, give you a chance of where we're leaving off. So, but you can certainly go back and listen to it. But this is our relationship with Jesus. It's a, it's not a sex book. It is not a relationship book in the sense of um, uh, regular relationship. This is a book about a relationship with Jesus or the relationship God has with his people, the Jews. So that's where we're going from. And in chapter one, we meet this Shulamite who thinks that she's not really all that great. She doesn't feel worthy. She's just this person who works outside is not given too much, but she's like, but I'm not too terrible. So what's wrong? I'm not that terrible. And we see how she meets this shepherd or what she calls the beloved. And she decides to go after him and and be with him. And he's telling her how special she is and how wonderful she is and how much he loves her. And so that's where we're continuing in chapter two. two. 
Can I say something? Yeah. Um, exactly what you said. I feel the same way about Jesus. You mean he pays attention to me? Exactly. Do you mean I forget that, he, that he loves me? Yes. I he, was actually going to say that too. Yes. Yeah. Do you mean that I'm worth his time? Right. And we are. Yes. We are. Yes. And I, I thought about that too the other day. I was walking around thinking about this and I was thinking, it's we sing Jesus loves me. But have we ever really thought, no, really, Jesus does love me. He does care about me. And it's not a humanly love. Our humanly love is very fleeting and wishy-washy. But Lord, Lord, the Lord's love is so different and, and so... Um, our, I don't think we can wrap our minds, no. our human minds around no, and that's his why he, love. That's why he wrote this book in the, uh, in the point of view of a marriage, because there is no other way for us to understand it. But he gave us marriage at the beginning at Adam and Eve. And it was an arranged marriage. Adam didn't get a choice. Eve didn't get a choice. I'm just throwing that out there. Also no option. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Many reasons. <laughs> guess he could have said no for it, her. Um, I guess so. I guess he could have, but um, no, the Lord made this match and put it together. And he gives everything in context to show us this marriage. And we, we had read in, in chapter one, we did go over Ephesians, where it talks about the marriage, because that is what the order the Lord wanted. That's how he's trying to show us this relationship. So we, in our human minds, can get it. What does it mean? Now, and that's what happens, though, is often our past relationships set the tone for new relationships or changes the ones we have currently. So a lot of people will see relationships with Jesus the way their past relationships have been, whether it's been abandonment, abuse, um, no trust, adultery. And so a lot of people have trouble with their relationship with Jesus and others because of past relationships. And it doesn't have to be a relationship with like in a a boyfriend girlfriend right it could be a past relationship with your parents or a sibling yeah. or even a friend yeah you know and it, it's a survival tool to build up a wall so we don't get hurt again so what do we have to do you know because once we're a born again believer we can't stay there because it's not the end it's the beginning and jesus wants to develop our relationship with him you know persecution is here but there's more coming and we're not going to be immune unless we have this really good relationship with jesus and we're not going to be able to have relationships with other people around us, a husband, a child, a sibling, a parent, unless we have a really good relationship with Jesus. I actually tell mm-hmm. women that all the time. If you don't have a good relationship with Jesus, you're not going to be able to have a good one with anybody else. Right. You know, don't even try to have a relationship with a boyfriend because it's never going to be there if you have no relationship with Jesus. You can't have a healthy relationship if you don't know what that looks like. Exactly. And um, so... Um, in children's church, I asked, we were doing some trusting, uh, talking about trust because we're in the book of Genesis. And I asked the kids, you know, why do you trust their parents? And one answered protection. And the other one answered because they don't lie. And that's what, isn't that what we want in any relationship? Protection and no lying. <laughs> that about some, yeah, it doesn't okay. sum it up, but it's uh, a good start. I know, exactly. That's what we start looking for. And that's usually the two areas we look at. Are they lying to me and can I trust them? Yeah. And, and that's the thing is, is Jesus has proven time and time again, one, you can trust me. Two, I'm not going to lie to you. Mm-hmm. You may not like what I have to say, but I'm not going to lie to you. I tell them that work all the time. You know, I'm like, hey, look, you may not like the answer I have for you, but it is the answer. I'm not going to tell you an answer that's not right. Yeah. <laughs> I say that all the time. Okay, I'm about to say something. You're not going to like it. Right. But here it is. Yeah. Hey, how come this happened? Well... This, this, and this. Yeah. You're not going to like my answer, but I'm going to answer you. Exactly. I'm not going to lie to you. Here's my answer. Um, 
instead of asking you a torturous question like I normally do. Oh, yay. <laughs> I actually want to tell a dream. Uh, Bonnie and I were hanging out together the other day, and she was telling me about a dream she had, and she gave me authorization to share her dream. And this is, she had met Mike, but they hadn't really been going out. And Mike is her husband. husband yeah, her husband of, of 30-something years. Yeah, about I can't remember how many years. It has to be 30-something. Mm-hmm. And before then, it was around Valentine's Day. And then even a lot of believers who don't agree with Valentine's, still a really sad time. There's The suicide rates are the highest at Christmas and Valentine's Day. I believe that because yeah. it's all thrown in our face and exactly. it makes us lonely. Both of them. Yes. Yeah. And so um, it was around Valentine's Day and she was watching. She was living with uh, uh, her pastor and his wife and family at the time. She had come to America and she'd been working and she was staying with them. And he brought his wife flowers and she thought it was beautiful and she thought that was so great. But she was so lonely. She didn't have that. So she said she went to bed crying and she said, Lord, I'm just so lonely. And that night she had a dream that she was in this beautiful garden brightly colored. She goes, I remember the colors, Anna. They were so vibrant. They were just beautiful. And I saw this man towards me. She goes, I couldn't see his face, but I knew it was Jesus. And he walked over and picked a rose with his bare hands, thorns and all, but he picked that rose. He said, he handed it to me and said, I love you. I love you. She said she woke up just feeling so much better and she felt loved and she wasn't lonely anymore. Oh, I know. It was so pretty. You know, who says that's actually a dream? The Lord might have actually been telling her something. Yeah, it might have been. But clearly he was. Yeah. Well, it might have been he visited her. I've heard other stories where this one woman said she had just lost her husband and she was lonely and she was sad. And she's like, Lord, I'm just so lonely and I just miss him. And she said that that night she went to go to bed, but she could feel the Lord's arms around her. Yep. You know, so he is always there for us. As long as we allow it, too many times we reject it. We don't want that. We want something else. It's like the little kid who goes, I don't want that toy. I want that one instead. Right. You know, and we do that to Jesus sometimes, you know, probably a lot of times. I'm saying probably Probably a lot of times, often. We don't want. (laughs) Quite a bit. Yeah. He wants us, but we don't want him. And that's what this book of Solomon is really talking about. It's trying to show us that relationship that Jesus wants us. He sees us and we can be seen if we allow it. Because a relationship is is both sides. Yes, you can't have a relationship with somebody if they are if they never call you, never right. talk to you, never return. They don't have anything to do with you. You're only pursuing them. They're not pursuing you. They're ignoring you. Yeah, if it's not mutual. But that's you, not a, a yeah. relationship. No, if it's not mutual, it, you need to walk away. And uh, I heard I overheard in a coffee shop um, someone talking to my husband and said something about. Um, she said that um, breaking up with you because you're too nice. I turned around, looked at him, and I'm like, honey, that's a red flag. You need to run, run away fast. Right. He goes, yeah, we're not together anymore. I'm like, good. Because <laughs> uh, there's something wrong. But she was trapped with her broken hearts. Yeah. She was trapped in a bad relationship. She couldn't get out of it. She didn't know how. But instead of saying, hey, I want to get healed and move forward, she decided to stay where she was at. And that's too many people, what they do is they get hurt. And they won't move forward. And I'm not saying there's not a proper time to grieve. There's a proper time to grieve. There's a proper time to be hurt and sad. But you can't stay there. You have to keep moving forward. Yeah. I mean, the Lord does. He gives us grief. Yes. It's it's an emotion that the Lord created. And we do grieve for things. But if something is traumatic, 
mm-hmm. now. Right. And in 20 years, you're still devastated and grieving to the point where you can't function. There's a oh, disconnect. Even six months from there. Yeah, there's a yeah. disconnect. But my grandmother was like that. You know, she, when my grandpa died, she never recovered. She stayed yeah. bitter and she, until right before she died, and we saw a change finally, but she did not move forward. Yeah. Um, several people in my family um, never to this day recovered after my mom passed away. And my mom passed away 32 years ago. Right. And just because you move forward doesn't mean you forget the person. Doesn't Absolutely mean you, not. You don't love them. It just not means the that. the same thing. Exactly. It's not the same thing. It's just you know, like my grandpa, after my grandmother died, he did cry. He said, I'm not crying for her. I'm crying for me because yeah. I'm lonely. But... He Life grieved, doesn't stop. But yeah, exactly. He he kept moving forward. Mm-hmm. And because we were afraid, I'm like, they've been married so long. Is he going to be like that other couples where they die within a week? Mm-hmm. You know, but he, um, the things that they would do together, he still continued to do. They used to go to a senior citizen place and volunteer. He just volunteered more hours. Um, he hung out with his friends at the senior citizen place. He went and took people who needed help with their groceries, which yeah. to my family's dismay, he was driving still. Oh. <laughs> he had a real bad stroke and got his license back. I'm like, go grandpa. <laughs> I, they all looked at me. I'm like, Hey, state said he can do it. Anyway, they could have said no. Yeah. But he, he did everything he's supposed to do to get his license back. And he, he'd take people places and he stayed busy because he loved her. He missed her, but he kept moving forward. He yeah. knew he'd see her another day, you know. So, and that, that's the way we're supposed to be yeah. in, in every kind of trauma. Yes. And if you've yeah. had a bad relationship and you've been really hurt, ladies, we are, we are praying over you and we will ask that you would forgive and ask the Lord to heal your broken heart. And if you're not a believer, we'll continue talking about how to become a believer. <laughs> but you got to repent. you got to face the idea that you're a sinner and ask Jesus to forgive you, turn away from that sin Believe he he died and rose again from the grave so that you can be saved and say, Lord, I need this broken heart healed. I can't stay here anymore. I don't want to stay here anymore. We, those, we both had to do this. Yeah, those were my words, Lord. Yeah. I can't. I can't be where I'm at right now. Yeah. I'm not. I'm literally not going to survive. Right. I told him I hated my life and I didn't want it anymore. And he can just have it because I didn't want it. Yeah. And he's like, okay, thanks. That's yeah. what you've been waiting for. Finally. Finally. <laughs> thanks. That's what I've been wanting. Yeah. So um, now I'm going to ask as we go through Solomon, uh, Song of Solomon, chapter two, I'm going to ask a question that's rhetorical, but I want you to keep this in mind as we go through it. This was a really algae question for even me. Do people know you love Jesus or are you just having an affair with him and keeping it on the down low? Are you asking me this? This is a rhetorical question. Oh, think about it. Do people know you love Jesus? Or are you having an affair with him and you're keeping it on the down low? Big difference. Because fear means you're sharing and you're not telling anybody. Well, and at some point in your Christian life, and and this might not apply to brand new Christians because they're still trying to figure everything out. But at some point in your Christian life, people should 100% be able to See who you follow and who you love and who your your yeah. life revolves around because if they and that's called fruit. Yes, and if right. they can't see any fruit, well, we got a problem. Right, exactly. That's why I always tell people: if I can't tell your fruit, I'm going to pray for your salvation because I would yeah. rather be wrong and pray for your salvation than be wrong and you're not saved. 
Right. You know, I'm going to pray for her, salvation and fruit growth because that's what I would want somebody. To, I would want somebody to pray like that for me if they met me. If they met me and they could not tell that I was a follower of Jesus, I'd want them to be praying for me. Yeah. Well, this girl neither needs to get saved or she needs some better fruit. Mm-hmm. Please. Right. You know, I'm not going to say perfect. I'm not talking about perfection. None of us are perfect. But we should be able to see that person loves Jesus. I had a coworker one day said, you're a godly woman. Right. I'm not sure exactly what he meant by that, but at least we're seeing something. So <laughs> I'm getting somewhere. <laughs> yes, <laughs> sure. I am. <laughs> yeah. Not sure where we're going with this, but I knew that at least saw something. So it makes me some work. I got some fruit I need to work on, but at least I got something going. You can always work with some fruit. Well, if you're the one that he went to, then you're the one that, that well, shows it. Was, it. Uh, well, it was, um, we were having a discussion about one of our um, diversity inclusive training. And um, it was a subject that uh, he, he told me, he goes, you're a godly woman. You can't agree to what they said. I'm like, mm, you're right. You're right. I don't. I don't. <laughs> and the Lord got me out of that one yeah. because I would have, as much as I tell myself, Anna, just be quiet, be quiet. Don't say anything. You just keep your mouth shut. I always wind up saying something. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I do too. Just, like. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that stupid mute button doesn't will unmute if you hit it. How about that? I know. <laughs> Technology. Do you know what the most um, said words? Is it was not 2022, 2021. You know what the most said words were in 2021? Um, You're on mute. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I read that somewhere. I'm like, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. <laughs> Somebody really uh, did a study, but I'm like, no, that's probably true. Yeah, just about almost every Teams meeting yep. I was in, which is the software where you get to chat, yes. video chat instead of Zoom. Um, I heard that almost every time. Yep. Oh, take, I was, take your mute, mute button I was off. the one saying it a lot. Hey, you're on mute. Yeah. Well, no, really, the mute button, it's in the top right-hand corner <laughs> there. <laughs> Push it. Yeah. So let's get into Songs of Solomon chapter two. Um, and our focus is on, you know, how does this people see Jesus in us and letting go our past relationships and moving forward. Okay. So the first one is Songs of Solomon two. Wait, let me back up. That is absolutely possible. You can let go. Yeah. They do not have to define you. You do not yeah. have to stay stuck. No, you know. We both learned yeah, that we the did. hard way. Yeah. And I mean, even, I mean, it would have, I I really wish the Lord had worked on, okay, the Lord tried to work on me before I got married to Ray, but I didn't exactly allow it. So when I did start, he really did start working on me and healing me. I saw a big improvement in how I saw things in our marriage, because it will blind you in what you see. You will see lies because you can't see anything else. Because it's all you've yeah. ever known. And the enemy doesn't have to tell you a lie because it's real simple if you just see the truth and think it's a lie. He doesn't have to do hardly any work. It's no. real simple. No. You know. If 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 like if Ray had um unknowingly used a trigger word right. that your lying ex used. Right. Well, Ray likes you to know? mow the lawn. So I asked him one time, hey, let me help you mow the lawn. Well, he's like, no, I've got this. Well, my first thought was, oh, you don't trust me. You don't think I can mow the lawn. I can't do a good enough job. You don't even want me around. And poor my poor son, I was in the front yard getting mad and he looked at me and goes, no, mom, it's not that at all. It's a guy thing. Yeah. They do the lawn. <laughs> he wants to do the lawn, mom. It's okay. <laughs> but that's what was happening because I was not healed. I had these broken hearts. So I rushed to the first thing that it obviously is when it had nothing to do with it. And in this true statement, women wondering what guys, women wondering what guys are thinking about a lot more than guys are actually thinking about things. I agree with that. Yeah. And so we, we automatically go to this other side of the world story and the poor guys like, 
very confused because yeah. that's not even if he was even thinking about anything at all he might have been in his nothing box yeah. and here you are concocted the, not yeah. you but no it was me yeah yeah everybody, everybody does, does it and yeah. concocted this story, story. that absolutely mm-hmm. 100% did not even come close yeah. to existing I was thinking of the oil change and yeah and, and here he is trying to defend himself against something that yeah. doesn't exist. exist how do you do that exactly how you, it doesn't happen no and that's what was happening and so the more i got my walls taken down and the more i started getting healed i didn't jump to conclusions yeah. and, and we got better about asking hey well what do you, what do you mean by that you know and he'll even tell yeah. you he goes we, we when we started learning together better saying hey this is warfare we we could stop and go okay let's back up what happened yeah and then we can work it out and i loved what i read the other day in pinterest someone said is imagine a time in your marriage when you don't have to argue you you don't have to you can choose not to argue. Even if the other yeah. person's wrong, you can choose not to argue. Imagine a time in your marriage when you're Anna's parents. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they don't argue. My, you know what? Because my mom chose not to argue. Yeah. You know, my dad didn't exactly argue either. He actually told one of his uh, colleagues, asked him, he was like, you don't argue with your wife? He goes, by the time I get home, he goes, I want to spend time with her, not arguing. Right. I don't have time for that. Right. Yeah, he was busy. He was working, going to school, trying to help us when she was going to school. And I mean, they're like, we don't have time to argue. They had twins at home. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Anybody who's ever had twins knows there is no time. And, and we were opposites. We weren't even exact. We weren't alike. We were you still so, are. Yeah, we are. We've gotten a little bit better at being more twinsy. But at that time, he was on one spectrum. I was on the other spectrum. And, and it was never going to work out the right way. It just wasn't. My mom still... Need to get my mom a referee shirt because that's all she was. <laughs> I mean, she was a referee. Oh yeah, and we had very different personalities. Different, everything was different. Yeah. So, I mean, they're like they were just trying to survive kids, right? You know. So that's what in 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 any marriage you you choose to argue. You don't have to. You choose to. Yeah. Well, he's wrong, and I need to stand up for my rights. Not arguing. You're not standing up for anything if you're arguing. Why can't y'all sit down? Or one, take a break if you need yeah. to. There's nothing wrong with yeah, going to opposite walk. corners, yeah. you know. Hey, and, even boxers do that. Yeah, and take a, a, a breath <laughs> and then maybe um, coming back together and saying, okay, let's talk about this. Right. We, we we got some disconnect going on. Let's figure out what the disconnect exactly. is. Exactly. It's In still a, a choice. In a calm manner. Yeah. As soon as people start screaming, the other person immediately quits listening. Yeah. And all you're doing they is put come, you on mute. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and they're and they're coming up with their answer to, to, to you know to justify what they said or didn't do. Yeah, I have found out if you just be quiet and do that quiet, gentle spirit, it works out very nicely. Right yeah. now, we've had a couple few arguments, but they never lasted long at all. Yeah, because we would walk away, be quiet, come back, and we resolve it. Yeah, if I ever get married again, my um. The way that I handle conflict in my marriage will be extremely one because I'm I'm completely a different person, and two we're going to lay down some ground rules, yeah. and um, and you know John and I we never okay except for the last two years we never screamed we never yelled we never cussed each other out, um so it was um. They were still arguing, but there was a lot of silence. Yeah, we we it was nothing for us to go a week or two without speaking see, at and, all. And How do you do that in the same thing? House and bed. In right. the silent treatment, it's not and is not the answer either. Oh, it was terrible. You know, I read this one thing where the girl said that when her grandparents used to have a fight, her grandpa would tighten everything tighter to force grandma to come and talk to him to open up something. <laughs> 
I'm like, well, that's brilliant. <laughs> I love you can't, that. You can't be mad at long when you're like, man, I need the salsa. Exactly. Hey, can you the salsa for me? How do you argue after that? You right? Can, you know. Sure, honey, I'll do that. Yeah. Give that to me. But the silent treatment's not the answer either. Quiet, gentle spirit mm-hmm. is an answer. And, you know, but silent treatment, never. Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. It's horrible. Anyway. Yeah, we're not, a, I plan on doing things differently. Right. And that's what this is what this is about. It's the Lord teaching us how to do it different, how to have a good relationship with him so that our good relationship with him will bleed off into good relationships with others around us. Right. So, so verse one, so song, song of songs, some people call it song of songs, some call it songs of Solomon, chapter two, I am the rose of Sharon and the lily of the valleys. All right, we are stopping here. I don't know how many times I hear people say, Jesus, this is talking about Jesus. It's not. Jesus is not the Rose of Sharon. I've always heard people talking about it. And when I really sat down to study, this is the first time I did it, I thought, this ain't Jesus. Because if you if you go back and look, because there was no chapters and verses once upon a time ago, when you go back through to verse 14, we can see it's the Shulamite talking still about herself. And I've read different commentaries about it was a Lord, and they're trying to say that... Um, um, you know, because I did pray about it. I'm like, Lord, if I don't think they're talking about Jesus here, if I'm wrong, you know, God, let me know. I did find a commentary who said, this is not Jesus. It was a popular theologian who started that. Something about beauty of Jesus and us and I don't know. Anyway. Um, you can take and twist anything. Exactly. And, and it was a popular theologian. He was just uh, a little off on this one. It doesn't make him a bad guy. It's just that um, I'm sure he was trying something, but we're not going to go do scriptural gymnastics for the next few hours. Um, so I want to let you know is she is talking about herself. And the reason we know this one through our context clues is she's re- she's talking about these flowers. Um, remember in chapter one, she didn't think highly of herself. She didn't think she was really worthy or anything. She's getting more confidence now. And so she's saying, well, okay, I'm pretty, but I'm common. You know, these flowers were common. They're pretty flowers, but they're common flowers. They're everywhere. So I'm not special, but I'm not, but I'm not a weed either. And so um, she's growing. If the word of God is not making us change and grow, we're either not reading it or we're rejecting it. Because there is no way, because we're not rejecting it because maybe we don't like what it says, but there is no way you can have that encounter with the Lord and his God and his word and not start changing and growing. So if you're not changing and growing, it's one of two things. You're not reading it, or if you are reading it, you're rejecting it. for letting us share our tools to become the women God created us to be. If we encourage you today, visit us at moderndayabigails.com. Remember, you are loved, cherished, and prayed over.